Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Turns the corner at the 21st down. Breaks a tackle at the 25. Breaks another at the 30. And he's loose! Gets the carry. And he's loose inside the 50-40 to the 20-10. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie. Thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. At the top of the newsreel, we've got two new Vikings to celebrate. Wide receiver Josh Doxson picked up after being cut by the Washington Redskins. Doxson, a first-round bust from the 2016 draft, picked one pick ahead of Laquan Treadwell. The comparisons between the two will never go away. And more importantly, Probably less importantly, the specialist saga ends. Minnesota cuts Corey Vedvik, then cuts Matt Wow, and picks up the veteran punter, Britton Colquitt. We'll talk about Doxson and Colquitt in a bit, but first, some fans just aren't happy. Rick Spielman said goodbye to Brett Jones, making room for the fifth receiver. Jones thought to be a piece of veteran depth, a solid known option if the youngsters Bradbury or Pat Elfine struggle. My question is why? What possibly makes us think Jones was good depth? A bunch of preseason games? In real action last year, Minnesota had offensive line issues, and they didn't rely on Jones. Heck, they started Danny Isadora over him when Tom Compton missed time in 2018. Brett Jones, expendable. They kept the young guys instead. Oli Udo and Drew Samia for that upside, and the unknown faces still are making fans uncomfortable. Why? For some reason, all the competition at the end of the roster shook Vikings fans. There was nothing wrong with Bailey vs. Vedvik. The right man won in Bailey. The coaches got to compare two players and take the better one. Same goes for the backup quarterback spot. I don't think Kyle Sloter was an easy cut, but he was the clear cut after being unable to beat out Sean Mannion this year or Trevor Simeon last year. Competition at defensive tackle. So many guys in the room fans thought maybe there's no clear one. Zimmer and Patterson think they're all ready after seeing them go at it this summer. Competition at running back. Why couldn't Mike Boone close the door on the fumble-prone Amir Abdullah? To me, that says Boone still got a little ways to go in his development and speaks to the importance of special teams. And sure enough, the Vikings' first depth chart confirms it, with Abdullah listed as RB3, ahead of Mike Boone. 
we gotta doubt Boone is in uniform on Sunday. Competition at wide receiver, where BC Johnson rose up the depth chart and no one else stood out. That competition should bring comfort. They looked at multiple different wide receivers. I can't even name them all. They didn't force themselves to like a fifth one. They found one instead, elsewhere, in Josh Doxson. So the youngsters, which depth pieces will make an impact? We've already spoken about how the young interior defenders will get their shot on a previous podcast. I would keep an eye out for Chris Boyd and Mark Fields in the secondary. I'm excited to see if BC's rise continues. But no one wants to talk about BC with the new guy Josh in town. An insane amount of excitement for this bust. We start with the simple comment, simple fact. Look at the depth chart again. Josh Doxson won't be the wide receiver three. He's the fifth receiver right now. A waiver wire claim isn't going to leapfrog anyone on the depth chart. I don't care how we feel about Johnson or Chad Beebe. Ran the Monday poll about Doxson. Just asked fans how many catches he would make in 2019. Most people voted 30 catches. Many even went up to 45. I mean, have we really been paying that little attention this offseason? First of all, Laquan Treadwell caught 35 passes on 53 targets for our Vikings in 2018. He was our third receiver. Aldrick Robinson was our fourth receiver with 35 targets. Chad Beebe was the fifth receiver with four total targets on the season. Secondly, the Kubiak system doesn't use wide receiver depth that much. I've said this stat before, I'll say it again. Over the last decade, the third receiver in Kubiak system caught 26 passes on average in a single season. So to say Doxson's going to catch 30 balls suggests he passes BBN Johnson instantly on the depth chart. Not going to happen. To say he's going to catch 45 balls, that's saying Minnesota's going to throw to receivers more than they did last year. That's saying Josh Doxson's set to have the best season of his career. I get it, we're optimistic, but we're way off here. We shouldn't be expecting more than 16 catches from Josh Doxson in 2019. Now, let's address punter Britton Colquitt. What a journey. In 2012, the Vikings were still coached by Leslie Frazier, and Ryan Longwell had just retired after eight years with our Purple. Rick Spielman replaced him by drafting Blair Walsh in the sixth round. In 2013, our Vikings kicked Chris Clue to the curb after eight years with Minnesota, and Spielman replaced him by drafting Jeff Locke in the fifth round. The plan was clear. Replace two longtime specialists by getting the best youngsters possible. Leave them in place as our new punter-kicker tandem for the better part of the next decade. And it was going well before it fell apart quickly. Both lasted till 2016. Both were replaced by emergency veterans, Kai Forbath and Ryan Quigley. But Rick don't quit quick. He wanted another try, so he drafted Dan Carlson and claimed Matt Weil off waivers in 2018. This time Mike Zimmer was the head coach, and this time it was pretty clear Zimmer didn't have the patience for these youngsters. And maybe new special teams coach Marwan Maloof doesn't either. 
To me, that's the biggest takeaway from this whole specialist saga. Rick looking for youngsters, willing to spend draft capital to get it, but the coaches are not patient with them. That's what happened with Corey Vedvik, a project where Zimmer and Maloof wanted to see results right away. It's frustrating because I think even though it's a relatively small deal, it's one of the only areas where we see a disconnect between the coaching staff and the Vikings front office. The question for us fans is, who's right here? Is it better to go with the aging established veteran or be patient with a promising rookie? Dan Carlson eventually figured it out, right? Should they be okay with youngsters hitting 50% of their attempts in preseason just because they spent draft capital on the shaky leg? I don't have a clear answer here. I don't think fans in general have a clear answer on those questions. So there will never be agreement on the specialist. But at the end of the day, Zimmer won. He told Rick to F off with the youngsters. We have a 31-year-old kicker in Dan Bailey and a 34-year-old punter in Britton Colquitt. So the bet here is that even though both have had ups and downs in their career, the Vikings feel better with longtime veteran specialists than shaky youngsters with potential. Enough about legs. Let's talk about the Vikings season. Only four days away, tomorrow the Chicago Bears will play the Green Bay Packers to get 2019 started. Sunday, our Vikes will play the Atlanta Falcons, a primo week one contest to start the year. Last Thursday, we talked about the challenging matchups that await Garrett Bradbury, Kyle Rudolph, Linball Joseph, and Xavier Rose. Today, we discuss the plus matchups, the dudes in perp who should shine, who need to ball out to carry this team to victory in weeks one through four. And it starts with Adam the legit man feeling. 113 catches, 1300 yards, 9 touchdowns in 2018. How will he follow up his third straight breakout year? What a career for Thielen. Every new season has been a career one. He's improved his wideout skills. Breakout after breakout, can it continue? 115.5 passer rating when targeted. Not speaking about the entire year yet, but Adam should start his 2019 campaign with a bang. As wide receiver one, Thielen will go against Desmond Trufant, Jer Alexander, Gary and Conley, and Kyle Fuller. In that group, Fuller for the Bears is the only one who should give us pause. Trufant for Atlanta, he's a decent corner, but he had a down year, allowing 97 passer rating when targeted. Conley and Alexander, two sophomores. I include Conley here since he missed 14 games his rookie year with an injury. Both are first round picks with promise, but they're still developing. It's good to catch these guys early on in the season. Conley's a good man defender, but he can get beat. He allowed almost 14 yards per reception in 2018, and Alexander's progress doesn't show up on the stat sheet yet. Jair's a good run defender, but he allows 65% completion percentage, and he got beat when the Packers played our Vikes last year. In two games combined, Kirk went 12 for 15 for 132 yards and a touchdown when targeting Jair Alexander. So you go at him again, Kirk. You beat that man in week two, Adam. 
And don't be scared of Kyle Fuller either. Very good corner. It's an even matchup here, but it's a winnable one as Thielen showed in week 11 of 2018. Fuller allowed 10 catches for 80 yards, kept things in front of him, but he's not the main threat of that Chicago defense. All these corners have strengths, but here we need Minnesota to use their strength, target their best players, and if Thielen draws double coverage, Sticky Stefan Diggs should make hay too. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. We stay on offense for the next needed breakout. It's the backfield chef, Dalvin Cook. Is there such a thing as quiet hype? Everything the Vikings have done this offseason should set up for a monster year for Dalvin. The offensive line upgrades, the new scheme. So will the breakout happen? We gotta pray for a yes on this one. Dalvin's kitchen closed for the preseason. He hardly played, but when he did, he housed the outside zone run for the touchdown. A whisper of hype. We gotta see it in the first quarter of 2019. The Falcons, Packers, and Bears all have stout defensive fronts. So we're asking a lot of the offensive line. But if, if they can somehow get Dalvin to the second level, easy matchups for our elusive running back await. Some of these linebackers really struggled in run defense last year. Blake Martinez, Green Bay's fourth-year lurker, stands out, missing 14% of his tackles in 2018. Tahir Whitehead for the Raiders didn't fare much better with 11 missed tackles and a 9% run-stop percentage. Keep in mind, Dalvin made 29 defenders miss last year on 133 carries, and Cook made 18 more defenders miss on his 14 pass targets. Dalvin's one of the most elusive running backs in the NFL. So if the purple line can't open holes and get Dalvin to the back seven of the defense, Minnesota should look to find him as a receiver. Now some of these backers are very good in pass coverage. Martinez, who we just talked about, stands out there. So does Danny Trevathan for Chicago. But Devondre Campbell in week one and Whitehead in week three are prime opportunities to throw Dalvin the ball and let him run. High percentage throws that come down to, can Dalvin make that first guy miss? When he's got the ball against Atlanta in week one, the answer's gotta be yes. Then, we look to build our offense from there. A full Dalvin breakout isn't desired, it's needed for 2019 success. Look for it early on in the year. Finally, we move on to the defense for our stud box safety, Mr. All Gas No Breaks, Harry the Hitman Smith. Here we go, another quiet offseason for a veteran Viking defender, Harrison, coming off a down 2018, worse than average completion percentage allowed, yards and yards per reception. But are we nitpicking here? Yeah, we don't need all this, Harrison Smith is great. 
the weaker 2018, really not that concerning given how essential Hitman is to the Zimmer defensive scheme, and he was still a tackling machine, great in the run game. The coverage skills should bounce back, if they don't, Anthony Harris did a great job as free safety to cover that back end. I'm not worried, the matchups don't worry me either, just look at these tight ends. Austin Hooper, okay. Jimmy Graham, old. Darren Waller, <laughs> whoever he is. Trey Burton, overrated. I guess this is a solid group of tight ends. They win as secondary reliable options for their offenses. None of them have a catch rate at 84%. That was Kyle Rudolph's catch rate in 2018. Trey Burton, he was all the rage after his little Super Bowl play getting a contract from Chicago, he's all flash, no substance. No yards after the catch, less yards after the catch per reception than Kyle Rudolph last year. I'm gonna say that again. Trey Burton had less yards after the catch per reception than Kyle Rudolph did in 2018. The same is true for Austin Hooper. So here's the guy. These guys don't force missed tackles. They catch the ball and they get tackled. And Harrison Smith is one of the most sure tacklers in the league. So here's what will happen. The tight ends, when open, will make their catch for 9 or 10 yards. Hitman will take them down, hopefully short of whatever down and distance they're in. It's that simple. You want proof? Look at Jimmy Graham against Minnesota in 2018. 11 targets, 8 catches, 4 first downs. Trey Burton, same thing. 7 targets, 5 catches, 4 first downs. Smith is an eraser. He turns these tight ends into checkdown options only, so expect him to bounce back strong and be the clear defensive MVP again to start the year. So let's hype it up now. Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and Harrison Smith must lead the way. Finally, the games are here. The beer's cold, the dip's ready, so let's do the damn thing. Let's get this season started and ride this 2019 roller coaster. Before all that, week one, Atlanta Falcons. Go get that first win, Vikes. I'm watching you, Dalvin. Bring this one home for us, and skull Vikes. I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. 
But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.